Welcome to The Checkup, brought to you by Barry Nelson's Health Law Team. The Checkup is a series of interviews, case studies and stories with some truly interesting and innovative people from all kinds of backgrounds, lawyers, doctors, authors, cyber experts and more. Together we provide a regular dose of all the latest happenings in healthcare and tackle some of the big issues within the industry. If you'd like to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Podbean or Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to get in touch with our team, head to bnlaw.com.au. If you were to talk to a group of healthcare professionals, you would find out that many of them have stories of grief, trauma and injustice. This is a result of working in roles that can be emotionally and physically draining, which can sometimes be at great expense to their general and mental health. Chances are that if you see a young doctor working in a hospital, that doctor is probably overworked and tired and probably not getting paid for the extra hours that they are working. And as a result, they may become overly concerned about making an error while on the job. That doctor may have been suffering quietly for a long time, may be sleep deprived and burnt out, and they may even be self-medicating. Unfortunately, the stigma that surrounds mental health within Australia's healthcare industry has deterred these young doctors from looking after their mental health, whether it be by taking time off or by seeking professional treatment. Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Hull. And I'm Olivia Pine. We're both solicitors with the Barry Nelson Health Law Team based in Brisbane. Welcome back to The Checkup. If you haven't already guessed it, the focus of today's podcast is mental health and illness within the healthcare industry. Over the last few years, there has been an increased number of tragic reports of medical practitioners and students committing suicide as a result of mental illness, exhaustion and burnout. But how would you feel if you were barred from doing your job because you spoke to a doctor about your mental health? Would you seek treatment for your mental health or risk jeopardising your career? That's the reality for health practitioners and students in every Australian state and territory besides Western Australia. That's a pretty scary reality. Today, Sarah and I will be discussing how the current mandatory reporting requirements under the Health Practitioner National Law have the potential to deter practitioners from seeking treatment for mental health issues. We will also be discussing some proposed legislative changes which aim to achieve a balance between protecting patients but also ensuring that health practitioners get the level of support that they need. So what is the current mandatory reporting regime? All health practitioners their employers and education providers have mandatory reporting responsibilities under the national law. This means that they must tell APRA if they form a reasonable belief that a registered practitioner or student has behaved in a way that constitutes notifiable conduct. Notifiable conduct by a registered practitioner includes practicing while intoxicated by drugs or alcohol, engaging in sexual misconduct in the practice of the profession, or placing the public at risk because of a significant departure from acceptable standards. Notifiable conduct also includes circumstances where a practitioner has placed the public at risk of substantial harm due to an impairment. An impairment can include a physical or mental disability or disorder that detrimentally affects or is likely to affect their ability to practice. These mandatory reporting requirements were introduced following a number of high-profile cases 
two you will most likely be familiar with are Dr Graham Reeves, dubbed the Butcher of Bega, a gynaecologist in New South Wales who was found guilty of inflicting bodily harm on his patients by performing operations to surgically remove parts of their genitalia without their consent. Approximately 60 other charges were also laid, including allegations of sexual assault. All this conduct occurred despite the fact that 832 complaints from patients and medical staff were received about Dr Reeves over a 20-year period. And Dr Jayant Patel, dubbed Dr Death. He was prosecuted after allegations arose of at least 13 deaths that appeared to be linked with his negligence during practice. It is alleged that Dr Patel carried out surgeries negligently, punctured vital organs and caused multiple deaths due to internal bleeding. Several of Patel's co-workers in Bundaberg repeatedly raised their concerns about his practice, yet were ignored by medical superiors and other authorities. Consequently, Dr Patel was only tried after he left Australia and had returned to the US. So, you can understand why the mandatory reporting requirements are crucial to ensure that the public are kept safe. Absolutely, Sarah. And I'm sure we can all agree that the need to protect the public is of the utmost importance. But should this come at a personal cost to our health practitioners? There have been many criticisms of the current mandatory reporting requirements, including the fact that health practitioners who are seeking help for mental illness are constrained by the same legislative regime as doctors suspected of being intoxicated, doctors engaging in sexual misconduct, or placing the public at risk of harm. There is a strong suggestion that these issues need to be managed separately. Secondly, the mandatory reporting obligations specifically include a requirement to report past, present, and even future risk of misconduct. Thirdly, it places treating practitioners in difficult situations where they may have to report their colleague. It is up to the treating health professional to determine whether the practitioner poses a risk of harm to the greater public and whether the patient's illness impairs their ability to do their job. This can often be a subjective assessment of another person's mental state. And let's not forget that there are serious penalties that may be imposed upon a treating practitioner if they fail to report a practitioner patient who may pose a risk to the public. This has led to some treating health professionals feeling that they need to report even the most minor symptoms of mental illness in order to protect themselves. All valid concerns, Olivia. There is also a concern that potential disciplinary action or reporting by their colleagues may deter practitioners struggling with mental illness from seeking healthcare assistance. In 2013, Beyond Blue surveyed 14,000 doctors and medical students. That survey found that of those that had mental health concerns, half identified lack of confidentiality or privacy as their main barrier to treatment. While more than a third of these practitioners identified a fear of possible impact on their registration and right to practice as a significant barrier. The Beyond Blue study also identified that when doctors disclose that they are experiencing distress at work, this is often results in career suicide, as 40% of doctors unfairly judge colleagues with a history of mental health problems as less competent than their peers. Some practitioners have even travelled to Western Australia, 
which, as we mentioned earlier, is the only state in Australia where there are not mandatory notification requirements so that they can get the mental help that they need and won't be at risk of being reported. But this is like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. We all know that suicide is more common amongst doctors than the general population. We also know that early access to mental health treatment reduces suicide rates. So, shouldn't health practitioners suffering from mental illness be encouraged to seek treatment without the fear that their colleagues will be obliged to report them to the disciplinary authorities? Yes, a very good point, Sarah. Someone else I think would definitely agree is Dr Nespolin, the president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. He has likened mandatory reporting to regulatory bullying and has even gone so far as to say that the government should be ashamed of themselves. There has recently been a strong push to overhaul the current mandatory reporting requirements and adopt Western Australia's position. Almost a decade ago, Western Australia introduced a treating practitioner exemption into its mandatory reporting legislation. So, a treating practitioner is not required to notify APRA if the belief of notifiable conduct is formed in the course of providing health services to the practitioner patient. Reporting in these instances is therefore voluntary and based upon professional and ethical obligations to report a risk of harm to the public rather than a statutory obligation. It allows both the patient and treating practitioner to focus on treatment without fear of professional repercussions. Western Australia has definitely got the right focus. Queensland Parliament is currently considering amending its mandatory reporting legislation. The proposed amendments state that it is not in the public interest for a practitioner to avoid seeking treatment for a health issue or to withhold information from their treating practitioner, as this may put the health and safety of the practitioner or the public at risk. The proposed amendments would have the effect that practitioners treating other registered health practitioners are no longer subject to the current mandatory reporting requirements. Instead, treating practitioners will only be bound to report where there's a substantial risk of harm to the public as a result of a practitioner's impairment. When considering the risk to the public, a treating practitioner should consider the nature, extent and severity of the practitioner's impairment, the extent to which the practitioner suffering from an impairment is willing to take steps to manage that impairment, and the extent to which an impairment can be managed with appropriate treatment. The amendments attempt to balance the interests of public safety with the need for practitioners with treatable mental illnesses to seek appropriate care and support to ensure that they can continue to practice. The proposed amendments are currently being considered by the Queensland Parliament and the BN team will bring you an update on this shortly. Keep your eyes peeled and let's hope that this becomes a national approach. Before we wrap up, we just want to say that if you or someone you know needs help with mental health, there is always someone to talk to. If you can't talk to a friend or colleague, then please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636. We will also include some links in our podcast notes for where you can find help if you're a medical practitioner who is struggling with any of the issues raised in this podcast. A big thank you for tuning in to The Checkup. If you have any questions about today's episode or any health law-related inquiry, please head to our website, 
bnlaw.com.au and get in touch with our team. And make sure you're subscribed to keep up to date with the latest episodes. Thanks again and chat soon. Thank you.